countdown? Yep. Hello and welcome to Pod from the Fog. I am Luke and this is Keith. Hello. Today we are taking a trip over to Isla Aventura to ride Jurassic Park River Adventure and talk about its sister ride over in Hollywood, Jurassic World The Ride. However, as always, we do have some updates of the big parks in Orlando to go through first, uh, both with parks themselves and with events, and it's, you know, kicking into preparation time for Halloween Horror Nights in particular. So, Keith, why don't you get us started? Yeah, so at Disney, we got the Epcot, Epcot Flower and Garden Festival has started. Uh, it started yesterday, March 1st, and is going to be running to July 5th. It actually looks like I'm going to be getting my pass roughly in the time of a flower and garden, so I might be going. Okay, we might get an episode uh, recounting that then? Ah, possibly. I mean, I'd, I honestly don't know what we're going to do when we get our passes, so. <laughs> oh, boy. And similarly in Disney, uh, we have two popular characters coming towards Galaxy's Edge. Uh, the Mandalorian and Grogu are now meeting and greeting there. Uh, hit characters from the hit show The Mandalorian, titular characters. Baby Yoda, if you don't know him like I do. I have not seen this show, uh, but I know people love it. So I guess, I, I mean, I'm just shocked this didn't happen beforehand. Yeah, I, I'm i surprised we even got it because Disney came out and said like two, three weeks ago, like we're not bringing Boba Fett and Finnick and the Mando and Grogu to Galaxy's Edge in Florida because it's breaking continuity. It breaks the continuity of the storyline of the Star Cruiser, which, like, to be honest, it's failing. Why do we even care? Yeah. That it, would just bring us the damn characters, put Darth Vader in the land already. Like, do something. Um, I, I think Disney overestimates how much people care about the lore of Galaxy's Edge. No one cares. <laughs> no one goes to uh, a Star Wars. I mean, you know, you have your Star Wars diehard fans. But, but even then, they don't care because they want to yeah. see Darth Vader. Yeah, I, I, like, people who are taking their kids, the 45-year-old the men and women who are taking their kids to Disney, they don't they don't care about, like, Rey or who or uh, Poe or whoever. They want to see Darth Vader. <laughs> they want to see the Stormtroopers. They don't care about the lore of the place. They don't just, just get... <laughs> That's not what people are coming there for. Yeah, I mean... The crazy thing is, like, they made this character named Vi or V for the parks, and I think I saw her once total, <laughs> and she has a book. She's in the video game. They designed this park, and it just isn't what it should be. And also, I think on the Mandalorian Grogu, Grogu is a static figure and a satchel. I think he should be a puppet. Yeah, but also, he drew... They drew crowds to the point where they shut down Marketplace earlier today, which is insane. I mean, Mandalorian's huge, you know? It's, yeah. And again, with, I'm just shocked they didn't do this earlier. That seems like a, a given. And with the launch of the third season, it literally coincided. Like yesterday was the launch of the third season. Yeah. They're like, hey, here you go, which is insane. Um, Again, I guess announced today uh, is Disney Typhoon Lagoon reopens March 19th, but along with that, on March 12th, for the foreseeable future, Blizzard Beach will be closed. Um, I don't plan on going to either of these parks. I don't care. 
it's good that they're opening Typhoon Lagoon because I think it's been closed since pandemic times. Oh, so, yeah. Last time which, I went was pre pandemic. I, I mean, I went in high school, so it's been yeah. a lot longer for me. And it's kind of insane to me to like look at this and go, wow, we actually have this park in its opening <laughs> again. Yeah. And then they close Blizzard Beach when we're entering summer season. I feel like you should have both your parks open. Yeah, that's but... going to just drive more uh, traffic towards Volcano Bay and Aquatica. Exactly, and I think both of those have been doing stellar numbers. Like, I yeah, think, they're better parks anyway. I mean, they are, but I think they've been topping numbers across like water parks. Besides, yeah. maybe Legoland. I think Legoland's holding a high water park number as well. But that's also just an add-on. Yeah. Um, but I, Typhoon Lagoon, though, I, I, I think it's a great park. Um, not as I don't like it as much as Aquatica, but I think it kind of lost something when they got rid of the shark dive. I did too. I think the ride they added is fine. But the shark dive was so dope. Yeah, <laughs> it was it, awesome. And it was themed. Yeah, and now you have to go to uh, the. But you, it used to be you could go to Typhoon Lagoon and experience that for cheaper than Discovery Cove at in Orlando. But now they got rid of that, so you have to go to Discovery Cove for that kind of experience if you're in Orlando. Obviously, if you're uh, in anywhere else in Florida, you could drive 20 minutes to the beach and do it yourself. But, yeah. Um. But if you're looking for that kind of experience, you're being driven to uh, to Discovery Cove, which is a great park. But I don't know. It just kind of feels like Disney's been shooting itself in the foot with the water parks recently. Um, and but then again, I'm <laughs> I've never been one to trust water rides that much. And coming with the opening of Typhoon Lagoon, they did announce there's new food offerings, like different types of Dole Whip, like flavors, being watermelon in one of them, and they have a hey hey oh uh. Dole Whip cone looking thing from Hey Hey from Moana, and I think it's the cutest looking ice cream in the world. I like it a lot. Uh, similarly, with Typhoon Lagoon opening up, is the returning H2O Glow event, which is uh, Typhoon Lagoon's after hours nighttime event series with uh, drinks, snacks, all the rides are open. There's DJ parties with, you know, Disney characters as Disney is. They can't have a Disney park without their Disney characters. Um, yeah. This is something that I actually uh, w would be interested in. I do love Typhoon Lagoon, like I said. Um, I would like and, to see it at night. Yeah, exactly. I, don't, <laughs> I, I know we've talked about this on stream before. Uh, for a little peek behind the scenes, we did have an episode that – got a little corrupted we're trying to figure well i say we keith's trying to figure that out at the moment but i don't know if it's that or during like the mardi gras episode we talked about uh which parks should... being beautiful at night yes <laughs> we I had think an it was in the mardi gras episode okay then yeah. perfect then uh you guys can be able to hear that soon in fact i believe it should be up as of it should be up now as of the time of recording so but you know if you're hearing this you've probably already watched that one yeah I I don't know. Each two would never really interest me. Um, it also opens on the same day as Blizzard Beach or as Typhoon Lagoon opening. So yeah. March nineteenth, you can just book it. Um, I think it's already booked out. I think I looked. It's, it's already booked out. Shock there. I, I don't think I'm I'm not shocked either. Yeah. Um, which is kind of insane. But going down the street a little bit or up whichever way you're going from uh, Disney, you go to Universal where as of today, March second, they are selling. A vegan version of Butterbeer, which can be bought at the Three Broomsticks in Licky Cauldron. Um, by vegan, they mean non-dairy, which 
I didn't think there was dairy in this. Well, it's the they have the the foam on top. But I thought that was just like marshmallow. No, that's that's whipped cream. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. It tasted doesn't taste like whipped cream though. No, it's it, it's very overpowered by the buttery flavor, and it's that's good for me. I I don't need a vegan version, but it's nice. I always it's nice that somebody has that. Yeah. And also, the butterbeer is awesome, so I, I think everyone should be able to experience that. Awesome for an upcharged up price of eight ninety nine now. Oh, Ooh. it's expensive as hell. And uh, fun fact, you can literally make the exact same thing at home, including, you know, your uh, your frozen version. But, you know, it's nice to have a theme park. I, I had those, uh, was it the commemorative plastic cups that they had when it yeah, first opened? Yeah, which they also changed those now to glass um, recently. And That's I'm, better, God. <laughs> and it, the design is peeling off of them from what I'm hearing. Uh, so uh, well, maybe well, fix that a little bit. I would call that better because when I got it and it was plastic, uh kind of melted. <laughs> yeah, it's I, universal. I don't think they put anything on there saying don't dishwash you know universal has this weird thing with dishwashers like all their blinky cups all your cups that you get yeah. they just don't want you washing in the dishwasher they want you to hand wash them i've learned that by accidentally melting a, a refillable cup and went well damn i can't use that yeah. um but now i don't have to worry about that and i just know to hand wash from here on out yeah i usually hand wash things anyway but you know i was 12 <laughs> yeah i mean it's fine and uh, speaking of Universal, uh, they have made another slight alteration that doesn't have to do with the Butterbeer Cups. They've changed the design for the interplanetary passports at E.T. Adventure, uh, which is nice to see, you know, E.T. getting some more recognition. It's an old ride, but it's a goodie. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. When I said, like, I literally was going to the park and I got a message from a friend saying, hey, go ride E.T. if you can, if it's not too long of a wait. I said, okay, no problem. Why? And he goes look at alicia stella's tweets and i looked at alicia's and i was like whoa they changed the passports and then i'm gonna go ride the ride and it was 35 minutes i said i'm not waiting in that <laughs> and i went and continued drinking as you should but i guess continuing along with universal in a way we get to the hhn rumors segment big stuff <laughs> and I'm going to go over Orlando because that's where we're at, and then we'll go over to Hollywood because they got some pretty big stuff as well. Um, Orlando is kind of big news, but also little news. It's big in the fact that we're still getting this in March, April, February time, which is usually not even like beginning aspect season. Usually we start this late April. We're starting to get spec slash maybe an announcement. No, this time we're starting out swinging in February, and... Legacy has confirmed three really big changes to the rumors that have been going on, uh, including to the Horror Nights Nightmares spec map from last week that we talked about. The Devil Dog's house was never entirely accurate and may be out. The Anchor house was never a correct clue. And the th three of the rumored houses that there might be for originals may just be out entirely or might be changed out. But again, we're nothing's set in stone we are literally sitting here in what march they don't usually have set set in stone houses until late april early may so i feel like this is kind of normal for this time of year so it's kind of weird but along with him going hey yeah those weren't true 
we solved a legacy clue saying invasion the 27 scare zone from hhn 27 in san francisco with aliens coming down this like 50s sci-fi feel is gonna have a house which yeah, i'm excited I, for yeah that's that's my kind of thing oh it's so great mars and like attacks. <laughs> it, very mars attacks and it's like big-headed aliens like it and they've they've it's popped up they popped up the last two years they have been in the hellblock horror during 32 and in action in 31 so i feel like it's been a natural progression of like people really loving the aliens and i love seeing the scare zone get love because i thoroughly enjoyed the scare zone during 27 it's the only scare zone i think i actually liked the entire year so it's kind of a big woo win for me um along with that Another rumor has led us to believe we are going to be getting 11 houses this year. This is huge because last year, my biggest complaint was opening two weeks, I literally could not get food unless I waited in a 20 to 30 minute line. Once I got there, it was a gamble on if the item I wanted was sold out. And this is like not peak hours of the event. This is like nine o'clock. Or a little past midnight i need to know i can get food when i'm waiting and honestly louis always came in clutch because louis always had the food going but i don't want pizza every single night i want to try the event food and i think having the 11th house bringing the crowds away from the food tents and the shows and maybe just open another show like give us more than just a lagoon show that you sadly lose to hurricane halfway through the event we actually get another place to put people and that will hopefully be good for the event overall and i think i know where it could go being the old shrek house um we've been told by alicia stella has said that they've kept part of it when building minions since minions is such a small footprint so that's good a just general horror nights rumor slash not even rumor but like something newsworthy is blumhouse is making a dead by daylight movie so we could definitely see a Dead by Daylight, Scare Zone, House, whatever. I, I'm excited for that because yeah, I, I like Dead by Daylight. I, I, I haven't played it in a while. I did play it back in the day and it was great. Uh, it's a game you got to play with people you like because uh, I played with someone I'm not a huge fan of. And it was stressful because he was a dick the whole time. But I, I think we had talked on our last episode about Bloomhouse having a Five Nights at Freddy's movie coming out. And seeing that in the future, um, which apparently Bloomhouse is uh, at the forefront of adapting horror games into movies at this point. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I don't think anyone's complaining about. Um, but if we get in like next year or two years from now a Bloomhouse house, that's video better, games. Five Nights at Freddy's and Dead by Daylight. That that would be sick though. I, I feel like Five Nights at Freddy's is a big enough IP to warrant a house on its own, you know? Um, yeah. Would I want it to have an entire house on its own? No. But it, it's it's a massive video game franchise. It's probably one of the biggest horror game franchises since, like, Silent Hill. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know the IP enough to yeah, even, like, like, really go, hey, guys, yeah, that's worth, I, I truly, I don't know. I think, truthfully, if I'm going to look at this, I'm going to go, yeah, their track record is two houses or two IPs in one. They could put Five Nights and uh, Dead by Daylight all in one, and boom, bing, bang, boom, you have a perfect house lined up for it. I have a friend I know who's going to be a, a big fan of that. 
but also we don't know um if they're even planning to even do that i mean yeah. you have to go through behavior behaviors going off that and then you have to get the five nights of friday dev team to be like yeah you guys can use our stuff because i feel like at this point dead by daylight should already come but other than that, let's transition across the coast to Hollywood, where they received their first spec map this afternoon, where they are having a pretty similar lineup. Some things are a little, um, little differently named, but we have a spec map, which is always good to have. We get a basis. Again, it's pure speculation slash rumors. It's, but this is exciting. I'm going to go ahead and start us off. Do you just want to do like location one, two, three, and we can go back and forth? Uh, sure. I don't, <laughs> I don't know much about it. Um, let me focus. Yeah. And then I can just generally talk about oh, the general things that we might know yeah. from Orlando's slash what we can infer from other yeah, ones. A few things we talked about last week. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. You want to start with H1 then? Yeah. So with one, it's the Horza Blumhouse, Megan, and Insidious inside the Waterworld queue. They, this is where Blumhouse was last year. They found a lot of like with this location, so I understand why they're going to use it again. They use it every year. It's a somewhat okay location. I honestly expect this. I'm, I'm expecting this to be here. I, I, we talked about it last week. I, I watched yeah. Megan. I'd watch Megan, and I don't really know what they can bring minus, like, two kills. And I'm like, it was all right. I don't see the love for it. It was really cheesy, and I was laughing at it more than I was enjoying it. I, I feel like that's a, a thing with a lot of horror movies is they're more for people who scare easily, and for the rest, it's just fun to laugh at, you know? See, but I like, like, physical props and all yeah, that. Yeah. And, like, this movie just didn't have it for me. Like, I don't know what it was. He just wasn't interested. And it just felt like a knockoff uh, Chucky or Child's Play 2019. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. So you want to take the next location? Yes, yes. The next location is on, this is the third video game we're talking about today in the past like two minutes. The Last of Us. Again, another one uh, from Orlando. Interestingly enough, in Universal Studios Hollywood, it's taking the place currently of another zombie franchise uh, with currently it's at the Walking Dead location. And uh, I'm pretty sure as it stands right now, The Last of Us is the more interesting franchise. So that's a bit Yeah, insulting. so the Walking Dead, Walking Dead location, Walking Dead experience, I think, closed two years ago, going into COVID or coming out of COVID. One of the two, it closed. And John Morty literally said he sprayed the spray painted the walls, knocked the walls down, spray painted all the walls black, and said, "Hey, here we go. We have a permanent Halloween Horror Nights stage." I get it. It's kind of like worth it there. It's it's good location. It's all indoors. You just queue outdoors, and it's really bad queuing out there. But hey, it's a lot of queue already because it's built into the the building. Basically, you you don't have to put up stanchions. I think it's perfect uh, for it, honestly. I, again, I think we're going to see a lot of just zombies and clickers and bloaters. Yeah. I think the bloater might be usually once. I I don't know. I'm, I don't know what to feel about this till I physically walk through because it is, to me, a story-based game first. 
or stealth stealth gameplay game just with zombies. I it's, either way, it's gonna be a very high traffic area. You know, it's gonna it's be a popular. popular game with the show. It's massive, and again, I, Pedro Pascal. If they have a look alike, it's gonna be slammed. I'm worried for this house in Hollywood more than Orlando because Orlando is used to the crowds. Yeah, it showed when they had Stranger Things in 2018 that. Hollywood is not meant for crowds. It's a very small park, and this is on the upper lot, not the lower lot, where they can put the crowds. I don't know why it's on the lower lot. Maybe this really, in my eyes, needs to be in the lower lot. So, and if you don't know, uh, Luke, the park is separated by escalators. That is like, oh. I think it's like a mile and a half worth of escalators. Jesus. Um, you, go, you, you literally go down the side of a mountain. It's insane. Um, and the oh, lower lot... Hollywood's is very mountainous. Is California. Yeah, and the lower lot is literally on like the lot of the, the the lower lot of the park, which is connected to the movie studio, where the upper lot is more the theme park attraction based stuff. While there are still rides down there, like Super Nintendo Land is down in the lower lot. There they put houses inside down stages and all that. Um the third house is Universal Monsters Paris, which I think is just going to be the Draculia and Phantom one that we were talking about last week. And this is going to be the Parisian Courtyard. I have a big update on this one. It started construction already. They already put walls up and erected a tent. It's going to be a massive one. <laughs> I don't think so. So the Parisian Courtyard is usually broken up in between like three or one or two indoor outdoor segments like you go indoor inside a tent then outdoors and then inside a building and then you exit later on so i don't think it's gonna be massive per se but i think it's just gonna be like i'm hoping hollywood has learned everybody liked their houses a lot last year like i think most people that went last year said that was the best year hollywood has ever put on or one of the best years because they changed transition from calling other houses mazes and put more detail and just have more time to love to these houses I think they realize that, that is a success to do and that it showed last year and I hope unlike last year their monstrous house is actually good and I don't hate it because every walkthrough I watched of <laughs> Legends Collide in Hollywood I was like guys why why does this exist what is go why does their Anubis look like a weird feral dog Harsh, dude. I'm very harsh on Hollywood, and it's rightfully so. I can tell. You want to go ahead and take the next one? Yeah, next up, we've got Japanese <laughs> monsters. Yeah, hopefully. Monst Universal monsters, then Japanese monsters. It's in Japanese text. All I know is it says Japanese monsters. Look, I'm excited for... Uh, uh, <laughs> I think I made this joke last time, too. I'm excited to see Suchinoko jump scare. Yeah, I don't know... Again, we don't know what this house is going to be, and it's in the mummy queue. I think this is the first time this has ever been used, but I'm not sure. Like, don't quote me on that. Um, I don't know. We we don't know, and I don't know if we, I honestly don't even know if this is going to be true because yeah. it's spec map one. There usually is like one outlier, and I know one has one of these has been confirmed by Legacy in his rumors. I'm hoping this isn't one of them that is going to be cut because I want to see weird Japanese creatures scare the shit out of me. But that's really all I have for this one. It's in the Mummy queue. Yeah, which is weird because also Mummy is open during Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, well, 
I don't know. Their mummy has a weird cue. It's okay. it's like indoor outdoor. It, it's weird. Um, so it could be taking the outdoor segment and you just open and straight into the door, but then you have like a ten minute queue unless you use stanchions. I don't I don't know. Um, the next one is a Horror Nights Orlando original brought over like they did last year, being Nightingale's Blood Prey. They're doing that instead of Scarecrow the Reaping like they did last year. And this is one of the houses I will straight up say is one of my top 10 favorite houses of all time in Orlando. This house changed what I thought about houses. And I'm excited to see it through the lens of John Murdy and his design team. Because it could be very, very like mind-bending and amazing for the hollywood crowd but it also could just be what they did with scarecrow which i think did not capture the feeling of scarecrow the reaping like how ours was because ours was dark and dingy and like you heard the scarecrows above you and around you and over there it kind of was really bright and i didn't really like it so it's not really my thing. I hope they capture the feeling of the Nightingales whale well, because the Nightingales are just a really cool part of Horror Nights lore. Like, they follow carnage and bloodshed and love to tear apart people. Like, the rip in half scene that they did in, in Blood Prey, if they don't recreate that some way, I I don't even know. I, I honestly don't know what, what to <laughs> feel. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see an Orlando original through the lens of another park just to, yeah just even to even if it sucks it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with it exactly and that's i like to see and i'm, I'm hoping it's good as, as i yeah. hoped scarecrow was good last year i hope I this one is we, good we've hoped anything is bad no one wants something to be bad i mean i i kind of hope i hope for the sense of like the houses are bad because i don't want to wait time on some of these yeah. if i was if i was a hollywood person there's one of them that i would be like yeah i kind of really want low wait time on it's because i want to be going through it do you want to go and take the next one yes next is the exorcist uh in a lower lot tent the exorcist is a movie i have not seen i'm not a big horror movie fan frankly um yeah we've got we're getting an exorcist tent i don't know if this is a thing is this a, a thing that's common keith so hollywood had exorcist the original two years ago, but Blumhouse is making a remake this year it's all, they, these of guys The Exorcist. <laughs> and I honestly, I feel like it's going to be based on that. I think it comes out in September, so it's like perfect timing. Yeah. I, I don't know how to feel because I don't like The Exorcist. I mean, The Exorcist house literally has gotten bashed like three years in a row that it was there. It was like people were like, no, get, get rid of this. It's so bad. And it, they keep they kept bringing it back because they lost stuff. And I just generally don't care. Exorcist is something I don't care about. The house here in Orlando was one of the most unique houses I went through because of this smell that pungiated the queue area slash the house. Because you went through the scene where she barfs and she barfed on the mattress, right? And you were going through the mattresses well there was that smell of puke and it was so pungent that it seeped out into the courtyard the year after and the year after supposedly i don't have that great of a sniffer so i don't know i just remember the smell inside the house was awful and also the woman behind me 
getting scared to the point where she dropped silent and then slapped her boyfriend when she left the house was great. Great. Oh my god. Um, I feel like they were no longer together at the end of that night. <laughs> oh, those poor people. Alright, well the next one is in Curious George's tent. Um, I think this is one we can already see being uh, made, um, which is pretty normal. Um, we usually see these two Curious George tents go up pretty soon. And this one is on the spectrum shows a clown with legacy we kind of know what it is being hollywood harry uh it's a icon of sorts for the hollywood character i i'm excited hollywood harry is an interesting character he was there last year part of the terror tram and this year he's having his own house i hope we get more lore or something give me something more on him because i don't know a lot and i tried looking at stuff today and i don't know like i don't know how they came to this point of like this clown just comes around the back lot killing people <laughs> like that's really all he is and i i like him but i want to know why is he killing or what is it like something more than just i like to kill because that just feels like jack He's just having fun. He's just having a good time. Yeah. I mean, he usually appears on tram tours, so it's kind of weird seeing him as I have a house, but I, I hope that sticks. Good for him. He's getting a promotion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've been promoted. Congratulations. You don't have to haunt a bus anymore. You get your own house to haunt. That's that's a, good for him. I'm, I'm happy for, for Hollywood Harry. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of horror icons with names that sound like uh, accountants... Uh, Chucky has a house. Um, We've known this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm this just going to skip. New. Just skip. We, 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 covered this, we covered this last week. If you want to hear our thoughts on that, it's the same thing. It's going to be the same house, I'm sure. It's I mean, IP. little changes. It's yeah. it's little changes, but, like, I, I, I don't care. I really – I'm at the point where, like, I like Chucky, but we've had this since October 31st. I, yep. I don't physically – like, I'm already tired of seeing Chucky stuff at Horror Nights. I hope this is, like, a good send-off for a couple years. Let's not see Chucky in some way, shape, or form at the event. Yeah. And this is purely because I'm just not a Chucky fan. I like parts of Chucky, but I like Chucky when he's being absurd. And the show, I don't know if it's absurd or not. I, I need to watch it. I I'm, It actually might be something I'm going to start doing pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I've heard it was good, and it's a bit more of the uh, goofy vibe. All right, I'm manifesting this. Uh, H9 is Ghost, the house. Yeah, this is another, the exact same thing we had AKA the electric guitar. I, I, it's either Ghost or Metallica, and with how good Metallica's recent music is, let's hope it's not Metallica, because Jesus Christ, that song, those songs suck. I, I don't know what to feel about this. I'm just going to hit skip and we're going to go on. I'm, I'll cover the terror Once train. Once again, see our episode last week for our thoughts on these matters because nothing's changed. Uh, TT, as always, is terror tram on the map and it says celebrities. I have no clue. Um, Usually I get like a, a vibe. I don't get a vibe from I this. I like zombie Danny DeVito. <laughs> Joe Crawford has risen from the dead. Like I feel like it's going to be like the weekend-esque stuff again, where yeah. you get, like, stuff like that. And I'm fine with that, but I, I don't know. I don't know, because what does celebrities do that is scary? Absolutely. Unless it's, like, yeah, that that's that's real-life terrifying. I don't want that. Yeah. Um, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know. No. I, I love the terror tram. 
what's scary about like I don't know celebrities. I don't know Jimmy Buffett's house. What? Okay, I would I would love that. Jimmy Buffett's yeah. amazing. I, I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan here. But that kind of covers everything at for horror nights updates. Yeah, um, and, uh, if you're going to Hollywood, most most if not all of the rides that you know and love are going to be open. So yeah, don't, don't worry about that. A big notice on this is. Super Nintendo World isn't on the lower lot in an attractions yeah. list, which I, I is think... kind of insane. I don't know if you I know feel like that's a, a deal thing with with Nintendo. It could know? be, but I mean, honestly, we could get to the event and it's there. So yeah. I I don't know. I'm excited to see or Hollywood's thing. Of course, John Marty's always on John Marty's shit. John Marty's always tweeting and give us really cryptic hints, like. The fifteenth president, or I think it was the fifteenth or thirteenth president of the, of the United States, had some importance because his name was Wig. We're thinking Wig, and he died in the eighteen eighties. And it's, I, John Marty's on some next level like Da Vinci shit. <laughs> yeah, I will show you sometime, Luke. It's crazy. It's absolutely Please. insane. John Marty is another breed of human. Love a lunatic. But that's all for. Horror Nights, so let's talk about my kind of impromptu trip. Oh, yeah. So my impromptu trip, me and my girlfriend headed up on Monday to go to Universal because we were, like, fed up with just being around. We needed to get away. So we got away, and we went to Universal and had a good day overall. Um, we only broke a record of riding two rides still um, because... We tend not to ride rides when we just kind of like to chill around, I, I have learned. And this time when we started around chilling, we decided to finish our Mardi Gras card. So we finished paying all that off. And we ate and drank around Universal. And I absolutely just amazing. Um, and I can't say enough how... I thoroughly just enjoy just chilling around Universal. It's probably my favorite. Like, if, if I lived in Orlando, I would probably go every night just to, like, read a book. It's really weird. Um, And I'll just go over the, some of the things we had on the Mardi Gras foods. It wasn't a lot this time. Um, It was beignets. We had some beignets. They're beignets. They're good. They're sugary. I honestly... Last onion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Benoit Blunt is amazing. Um, I love him, and that was kind of like the mediocre thing I had. I think another good thing I had, and I don't know how to pronounce this fully without making myself sound a fool, so I'm going to try, but the Gulab Juman with rose water syrup was like a donut soaked in rose water. It was great for the first bite, and then it kind of got worse the more I had it. Oh. Because the more I had it, it soaked in that rose water and became more squishy and, like, less doughy and just became more mush. And I just didn't enjoy that as a feeling inside my mouth. The best thing I had was the Odin Skull Mead. Besides, it came in the world's tiniest cup. It was so little. But when I tell you I, in the middle of drinking I had this, it hit like a truck still. It was great. That's mead. That mead is great because it can be like forty-five. That's a bit much, but you know it can be an extremely high ABV, and you can barely tell because it's so sweet half the time. 
yeah it was super sweet to me i absolutely loved it it, it was a very honey and apple uh yeah. style one and it was I super good skull is their their apple mead yeah it was really good i in cinnamon it tasted like i was drinking a cinnamon apple drink and i liked it a lot um and the ruined. the apple the absolutely worst drink i've probably ever had it was super thick and gross feeling like it, i honestly like flavor wise i there was no flavor um was the jodo one cup it's supposed to be sake it, it was not sake guys i don't know what the heck you guys are doing there it was gross i get rid of it just get off your menus i hope no one buys that don't ruin yourself if you're going don't get it but that really concludes the mardi gras stuff because we ran out of money on our card we we spent 150 dollars uh -oh. worth minus i think it was like four dollars so we're we're gonna get another one next time we go um but we're gonna get the cheaper one because i don't really want to spend another 120 dollars on stuff unless i get one towards the end of the season and get it ready for horror nights and just not use it i might do that though um we decided to eat at finnegan's the irish restaurant and i no, that's gonna sound really weird. We got chicken tenders because we just wanted something light in a like way. And we got their buffalo it's chicken tenders and it some of the best buffalo chicken tenders I've ever had in a park. But while there, we also got their some alcohol because we're at Finnegan's and we sat at the bar. Like we literally walked up. There was no seats uh really um filled. There's a couple people sitting on either side of us and we sat down immediately and immediately just got our food within like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. It was great and i got an old-fashioned and it literally just tasted like i was drinking super whiskey if i had old uh super whiskey. whiskey not whiskey a bourbon if I'd orange juice fantastic i loved it it hit like a truck though this lady was like i'm gonna fuck you up and she damn near did and after that we rode ripper rocket and listened to rainbow connection that was that was a weird weird <laughs> sensation i'll tell you that yeah i i've heard i i recently heard uh that you can do that that's on the what like the secret the secret menu, menu yeah yeah um i just looked at that because recently that just came up on my twitter feed i looked at the selection hey, they have steely dan which is hilarious to me but no there's nothing better than being drunk riding that ride Kermit listening to Kermit the frog because you're coming over the top hat and he's like well, hi there, folks. And it's like, oh, hey there, folks. And it's like, oh my god, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, oh man, we go to see the Mardi Gras floats. Actually, not being on it, um, and actually experiencing the parade. I, of course, took a lot of pictures. I'll be posting some on my Twitter throughout the next couple of weeks, probably. But a highlight of this was there's been a show filming at Universal for the past couple of days now. I think it ends in the end of this week. And Mario Lopez has been at the resort just doing Mario Lopez things. And Mario Lopez, no one questions him at this point. Exactly. But uh, I, my girlfriend caught a bead from him because he was the king on the Mardi Gras float. And he threw beads at us. And it was great. I was like, wait, that wasn't him, right? And then I looked at my camera and was like, that was him. What the fuck? <laughs> Celebrity encounter. And then. What is he doing at Universal? I, he's filming some new show. It, I don't know. Hey, he's Mario Lopez. That's kind of cool. I'm happy. Yeah. Don't um, it. Exactly. After the park closed, we made our way over to our favorite bar on property being the Velvet Bar. 
or Velvet Lounge. I, I don't remember which one it's actually called. Um, and we, I got the apple pie old fashioned. Um, so smooth, so good, super tasty. I can't suggest that enough. If you like old fashions, it, it tastes so sweet. I, I, it's my absolute favorite old fashioned I've had, like, I think ever, honestly. Um, minus one that I had custom made at Big Fire, but the bartender that did that for me is no longer there and they do not work at Universal anymore, so I sadly cannot get that again. You're just getting a, to be a connoisseur of these old fashions, huh? Oh, I love old fashions. I will drink <laughs> every single drink. one. Well, that's kind of the a, main topic, huh? Yeah, let's, let's go over to the main topic, which as we said earlier, is Jurassic Park and Jurassic World of the Ride. I'm excited to talk about this. It's one of my oh, favorite yeah. rides. So it goes without saying, I am a huge Jurassic Park fan. Big, inv- I, So, fun fact about Jurassic Park real quick. Well, fun fact about me. I did the math once. And I have easily seen the first Jurassic Park movie uh, well over 400 times. That's insane. Yeah, I used to watch it twice a week, every week, or twice a weekend, every weekend at the bare minimum for like two to three years. Beyond that's that. insane. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jurassic Park is um, uh, it's it's very close to my heart, and uh, this was actually, uh, I think the second ride I went on ever at Universal Studios, first being Spider Man, um. So it's the ride itself is also very close to me. So I, I'm very happy to be talking about this, um, and I believe you're going to kick us off with the Hollywood one. Yeah, working since kind of, the first little bit just kind of an, an, an introduction to the ride, um, and this is going to be kind of a segment where we're doing ride overviews. Um, a segment that I kind of wanted to do since I started the podcast, and I, I threw around the idea because I wanted to kind of do tributes to these rides that I love so much. But I kind of want to go play by play and give you some background information before we do, and just experience the ride together in your visual format in your head if you've never been on it and if you have you know what we're talking about and we just get to talk about changes between rides or not even that and if you haven't been on the ride there's plenty of povs out there so you know exactly what you're going to when you do go on it because spoiler alert i do highly recommend going on this ride it's awesome it's a fantastic ride and most people think that it has aged it hasn't it is near perfect still it is i think i honestly think this is the best version we've had ever so, let's begin. Jurassic Park the Ride in Hollywood opened up on June 21st in 1996. I wasn't even born yet at that point, so that's fun. Born. I think my mom had just graduated high school. In the grand opening there were many different guests, including one being Steven Spielberg, which has said before, before the 85-foot drop down, he requested to be let off the ride. He said later to an interviewer, like years later, said, I've gone up to the point of no return, and then I returned down the stairs. I don't want to go down an 85-foot uh, straight down water drop. I'm a, I guess I'm a director. I demand total control, and for those two and a half seconds of the drop, I'm out of control, and I'm not willing to give that up yet. And he does admit that he thinks Universal Creative did a fantastic job on the whole ride. That's, but to me, this is like... A funny story. It is a tidbit that like every... A lot of the actors were there, and they went on this ride, and the director's like, see ya, boys, I'm not doing this. Like, what? Steven Spielberg, I, Steven Spielberg, I love him. He made, you know, I, I, 
he makes some of my favorite movies ever. He Jaws made my favorite Jaws movie of all time. Yeah. Um, he, he's just a legendary director. And then seeing, like, if you didn't know him as a person, well, obviously I didn't know him as a person. If you didn't know anything about him as a person, just knew his movies and his, like, pedigree, his resume, you think he's almost like this godlike figure in Hollywood. And then you just see he's uh, a 70-year-old white guy who's basically the human equivalent of, like, Raisin Bran. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so funny that he's like, guys, I can write E.T., but I cannot write this. I'm going to make because some he... of the most dramatic and stressful movies you've ever seen in your life, but uh, I can't handle some water. <laughs> I love this man. Oh, my God. But over in Orlando, the Jurassic Park at Universal Islands Adventure opened up on May 28th in 1999 under the born. name of the Jurassic Park River Adventure. Apart from this being their anchor land in the Jurassic Park, the land is part of one of the two rides opened up with the land and now one of the three, including the Velocicoaster and Herodon Flyers. I think it's a fantastic lineup. It is. It's really good. It's There's a reason this is... Oh, there's several reasons. It's my, my favorite area of the park. Also, great food. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And... The queue for this ride will has showed safety spiels that I'm brought to you by engine employees. John Hammond would come on and talk about the creatures that you would see being the dinosaurs all along the thing, all backed up by the film score of the original movie, which is fantastic. John, John Williams is a genius. Absolutely, and I'm so sad that his final film score is happening this year. But he is like yeah. almost ninety, so I kind of get like give you have dude, your time. Dude deserves to retire. He's put out some of the best film scores on the planet. If I would hazard today, he's put out the best film scores on the planet oh, several I, I, times. I would say that, yeah, hundred percent. Fun fact: his son is the lead singer of Toto. Interesting. Yeah. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, and it's. For me, it's awesome that the Q video just kind of weaved everything that is like you see Engine, you see John Hammond, you see dinosaurs, you see everything. And he literally comes on and is like, guys, you guys are going to see all this. But what I find funny is this is also in the fact that you're in Island Aventura, the land that is the the park that is actually open to guests. You are a guest coming to Jurassic Park. The events of the first movie have never happened technically. And the only real big differences I can see between Hollywood and Orlando's version of that is A, the Jurassic Park is a actual working land, and B, the second one is you're going to the movie and it's experiencing the, the movie itself in a way. But it's really not because the ride was being worked on pre like before the movie was done. They were like filming the movie while the ride was in like blue sky phase which is kind of crazy to think like yeah you can see concept art for the ride in the movie um it's the scene where they're sitting down with the tvs and behind yeah. them is the boat that is literally concept art for the ride um and the only real big difference is they really did and the only real big difference between the queues is the model of island aventura at 
which is awesome to me. I think it's a little bit more just immersion stuff. And it's as soon as you walk into the queue in Islands of Adventure, it's right there in front of you. It's right in front of the lockers. I, I think it's fantastic. I think it's one of my favorite things. I, I wish I could spend hours just looking at it because it's literally supposed to be where you're at. And you're in this tiny land, but it's also supposed to be covering such a large park. Also, the uh, the existence of uh, Isla Aventura raises a lot of, frankly, hilarious questions about the lore implications. But oh, I don't it think really does, but that. who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Because it's a theme park. Who cares? It's a theme park. Like, <laughs> we're muggles going into the only wizarding world, uh, wizarding village in, in England. Okay, I guess? It requires a little bit of suspension of disbelief. Exactly, and... I mean, that's that's part of the ride, right? John Hammond's got a lot of cojones. That's all you can really say about it. Yeah, and honestly, the only differences between the ride experiences are very, very small details to me, but they make such a different impact. I personally enjoy the Hollywood version more, but the Florida and the Japan version are one-to-one -one recreations of each other. Uh, Florida obviously being first to Japan, so... But I think their Jurassic Park land is superior than ours in different ways. Yes. Do you want to go ahead and kick us off for the ride experience? Yeah. So for the ride experiences, we're going to start off talking with the Florida version, Jurassic Park River Adventure or the ride um, until we hit a change. And then we'll have Keith take over and talk about how Hollywood does it. So first, we kind of covered on the queue. We're going to talk about the ride experience itself. Uh, you're going to come into a small lift hill, and then you can be let down in the waterways where the music starts playing. You know the music. Jurassic Park music. And the audio begins playing, and you hear the, this sort of monologue. Time is an ever-flowing river. Come with us now to a time before man, when the river flowed through a newborn world, and giants walked the earth. And then you hear that immortal line. Welcome to Jurassic Park. The main theme begins to play, and the archway opens. You know the scene. It's beautiful. Uh, this area in Hollywood, it's covered by greenery leading up to the archway. Uh, and it covers your view of the parking garage, because a little bit of an immersion break there. Upon entering uh, what they call Ultrasaur Cove, you see an Ultrasaurus feeding on some grass. You pass by, and she extends her neck. And the monologue continues, The Ultrasaurs in this lagoon are among the largest creatures ever to walk the Earth. But, despite their awesome size, these gentle giants pose no threat to us. There's a little thing there. It's zoology issue. The big ones tend to be the scariest, especially the herbivores. Don't mess with them. And there you continue towards rock work, where there are smaller beaked dinosaurs flanking your boat, and... Again, the monologue continues. Sitakasaurus, with their curved, parrot-like beaks, are the most primitive of the horned dinosaurs, a group of herbivores that include Protoceratops and the mighty Triceratops. These, of course, being Ceratopsians. And this audio plays as you go through a small cavern with a waterfall on the outside. But there's a difference in the Hollywood version. The Hollywood version goes among the same beats. Instead of one Ultrasaur, they have two. And one of them being a mother and the other being her child. The Pacitosaurs are on a mound of volcanic rock. But other than that, there really isn't much change. I do know that upon writing this myself, that you can see 
the parking garage from this scene, which I find very funny that they try to hide it with the green archways. But the moment you come out there, you can see, and fun fact with this, it is the Jurassic Park parking that you can see. So it's technically it fits if someone decided to take their car across uh, the, the Costa Rican coast to reach Isla Aventura. Well, yeah, but the funny thing is, is like, <laughs> you couldn't see, because the it's ride in Hollywood party. is not Island Aventura yeah, versus yeah. the one over. It, it's such a weird difference between the two, which I enjoy. Okay. Continuing. Continuing on, both in monologue and in the ride experience, we come to Stegosaurus Springs. Guess what's there? You see a Stegosaurus on either side of you, one being an adult and the other being a baby. Monologue continues, great armored dinosaurs can be found across the geothermal formations of Stegosaurus Springs. Heavy armored plating and spiked tails protect these herbivores from savage predators of their native period. Jurassic Park scientists provide herbivores with plenty of vegetation from their native period, enduring, ensuring long, healthy lives for these magnificent animals, which... It seems to me to be a fun reference to the Triceratops scene of the Jurassic Park movie, where, yes, they're being provided with uh, vegetation from their native period, but they're still getting access to the old ones, which harms them. It's just a fun little reference, and it just parts, it's part of what makes this ride so special. And uh, For me, it's kind of weird because I feel like this should have been where we see a Triceratops. Yeah. But here's but the thing. They were making these rides, these things, the moving the ride at the same time, and they yeah. didn't know that the Triceratops was going to be such an iconic, that is a big pile of shit scene, like, so yeah. iconic. Like, I feel like there's parts of this ride I go, wow, this is such a weird look at time. And then the other time I'm like, what? This is a weird alternate universe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it's fun to have Stegosaurus Springs, and they mention just the heavy armored plating and spike tails, which are actually a common trait with Therioforans, which are the groups that Stegosaurs and Ankylosaurs and the like belong to. Um, but either way, Stegosaurs are far from the final dinosaurs you see on this ride. The boat comes along, heading towards Hadrosaur Cove. These are all very self-explanatory names, if you couldn't tell. And on the way there, a Parasaurolophus pokes its head up. And this is one of my favorite parts of the ride, because it sprays water at you. Yeah, it does. And then another one on the other side comes out of the water, and it... This is where the ride begins. The rest yeah. is very lovely. This is where it starts because the Parasaurolophus comes out of the water and it startles the guests, quote unquote, obviously, and pushes the boat off course and towards the raptor containment area. In the Hollywood, the Stegosauruses are in a little different placement. But other than that, the ride begins to change from the Orlando version very much in different ways than many. But this is where you first see your new dinosaurs. You see two copies fighting over a popcorn oh, bucket on the, the left side of the boat. The Parasolov forest pops up. <laughs> yes, I, yes. Spring I'm the guess, nerd here. It's, it's once again, the Parasolov uh, forest. I will try my hardest. There was a boat, of course. This time, it wasn't just ours being thrown off course but a empty boat is crashed into the gateway towards hydrosaur cove and now we enter the raptor containment unit because we have nowhere else to go from here on out there are similar beats but unlike before the major changes to the hollywood 
and Orlando versions of River Venture. So basically, like, there are going to be very similar story beats, but the little things are going to change. And I think that's exciting because it gives you two different experiences on either coast, which I think is needed. Yeah, well, we had talked about earlier with the Halloween Horror Nights how – which one was it? We said – it's nice to yeah. We said it's nice to see the the nine gills and scarecrow. Nine, yeah, it's nice to see how Hollywood is going to take on this Orlando original, and I think that entire philosophy is really encapsulated with Jurassic Park: The Ride. Especially because theirs opened first, and yeah. ours is so different compared to theirs. And I don't know if it's like time crunch or what, honestly. And either way, it's just it's interesting differences even if it's not a time crunch you know yeah i I think it's i think they're two different rides and i'm sad we do not have one yeah you know it's just more reason to go over to the other coast exactly (laughs) but either way once you enter the raptor containment area you hear another monologue not a narrator but i mean it's a narrator but not like a ride narrator it's a character narrator yeah and you hear this is Jurassic Park Animal Control. Looks like one of the hadrosaurs has bumped your boat off course. You are entering the Raptor containment area. Stay seated. We're sending a rescue boat to the receiving dock ahead. Do not get out of the boat. Seems like smart advice when you're, uh, you know, entering Raptor territory. And once you enter the containment area proper, to the right, you see the bushes move and you hear the sound of raptors, that iconic screeching sound. And ahead... You see that the raptor cage has been broken, something busted it open, and on the left side is a crashed boat on the receiving dock, marked CP-25, and sitting on boxes behind it are two Compsognathus compies fighting over a JP team member shirt. That's kind of what happened to the uh, rescue boat. And over the intercoms, the last bit of audio can be heard. Animal control to CP-25. There's a tour boat off course in the Raptor containment area. You've got to get those people out of there. Do you copy CP-25? Grab the boat before they get too far. Come back, CP-25. The radio ends with it going static as your boat heads towards the water treatment plant where a cage with a live Raptor sign nearly falls, crushing your boat. And that's very fun to experience, by the way. That is awesome. When it works. When it works. (laughs) So a little uh, fun fact about the raptor noise. Do you know how they made it? I do. <laughs> Not off the top of my head. So I've this is a fun fact. Every Jurassic Park trivia fact there is to know. It's just I don't. This is one I've always I always hold in my head. And this is the very fun one for me being the raptor noise is high. It's, right? it's, it's Taurus is having sex with high yeah. pitch and fast mode. And it's kind of yeah. crazy that that because if you ever come apart that it's amazing and like i absolutely love it but that's a little like just i i love that scene it's such a good scene and i what's sad to say this is i like the one over in hollywood more which we're gonna get to being the raptor cage which you receive is sparking in the the hollywood version in a craft crashed an abandoned uh boat raft with the dilophosaurus eating the remains of a poncho is in there in front of you a pair of dilophosaurus in front of the dilophosaurus is a pair of disney uh disney mickey ears floating in the water (laughs) a nice little jab honestly i i I think it's like the most savage jab especially in like what the 1996 in 1996 when like disney was at their height they're just like hey here slap before reaching character too before le- reaching the lift hill, 
we get ambushed by paradilophosauruses, which spray us, which I think is just it's better than the Orlando version because it's a very, Orlando is very quiet in this point where Hollywood is very like guns blazing, guns blazing, and let's go. But just before the Dilophosaurus, we hear a T Rex roar. We're teetering over the ledge. You see the iconic Jeep is teetering over the edge as it falls down into the water before us. I don't think it could get wet here. Um, I personally never did. But as that happens, you head into a different building. You head up the lift hill and not into a water treatment plant, but into an environmental systems building. It's two different buildings, which I, I like the differences. It's just, yeah. again, the differences. Back in Orlando, you do enter the water treatment building rather than the environmental systems one. And this is the lift hill for the drop. Um, it's very well disguised. I mean, you know it's a lift hill, but there's so much going on. You're not paying attention to the lift hill. Uh, climbing up the lift hill, there's a shadow gag of two raptors growling from inside of a pen. It's really cool. One raptor later on jumps up the lift hill and out of the dark and begins screaming and clawing at the gate, which is sparking with electricity. This entire section, it's like a dark ride at this point. Absolutely. And a horror dark ride at that. It's so good. This is the best part of the ride. Um, ahead is a small control panel where a raptor jumps out and snarls at the guests as they plunge down a small drop. Uh, sirens begin blaring, and then you take a turn, and here is where Orlando has its spitting Dilophosaurus. Uh, and they spit at you. Right after the Dilophosaurus, you hear a large roar, and a three-fingered claw mark rips through a wall. Uh, taking the turn, we see mist and fog, and then you begin to see the head of the T-Rex appear to be coming for you, but just as it goes to bite down, and this animatronic is awesome, by the way, you plunge down the 85-foot drop to safety and being soaking wet. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I think our ending is better, in a way, um, in a way. Honestly, because it, we we get to see pipes and everything underneath our T Rex where Hollywood doesn't. But Hollywood's has a very unique thing, which I'll talk about in a second. With theirs, I absolutely adore the ending of this ride in both iterations. I think the claw mark in the wall, which is a fantastic little addition, it's a nice little like, oh oh no, he's coming. And my favorite thing is on the right hand side, you can see the booth with an employee to make sure like everybody's okay and they'll tell you to like turn off your phones or whatever at that point right i love waving at them and you can see a little arm peek through the window right before you go down an 85 foot drop it's always like one of my favorite things to do <laughs> yeah the hollywood version differs this time upon entering the building a voice over the intercom saying uh ladies and gentlemen we're going to attempt to evacuate you on a level platform ahead please remain seated as he says that a raptor jumps out of the shadows just right after that a raptor slides down holding like electrical cords and they're kind of like sparking a little bit uh, from the ceiling. He slides down like a grate. It's, I've seen this. It's, it looks crazy. It, but it's such a weird, it's a, such a weird, cause like, yeah. The two times I got to ride it when it was park it was a static figure, basically. It wasn't sliding, it was just at the edge of it and like the thing just dropped down. So you just saw like this raptor holding these cords and it's, to me, they're goofy, and like this ride yeah. again has aged, but not terribly to me. I don't think it's terrible, but this comes to the point where it's the first biggest change. You get to see the T Rex for the first time as you come towards the 
like bump that goes down to the like final water area, you see the T Rex come from the ceiling, and he literally just comes down. And as you come down, you go down the little plunge, which then brings you to the ending where once again a fog and mist blanket cover you where you come face to face with the t-rex as she lunges down towards you via like a arm where she swings outwards and she slings down as you fall down the 85 foot drop down to safety where you hit water and water soaks you but don't worry this time you're not safe as you're reaching on load, you get ambushed by a Dilo one last time, and it sprays you. And nearby him, you can see a can of Barbasol. Nice little nod to the movie to me. It's an iconic prop. Yeah, I, I, I think their ending, I think both endings are fantastic for different ways. I think I like ours because I like how back-ended our radar is, but I also like the ending of like the Dilo jumping out the last second and spraying you. But I don't think we would have any space for that, honestly. It's. It, it really feels like the uh, the Orlando one just uses its space extremely well. It really does. But this ride did run during Halloween Horror Nights uh, over in Hollywood, which they would rename to Jurassic Park in the Dark. And My Weird Al song. <laughs> yeah, this is like the most <laughs> wild thing because I actually found a POV of it, and it's so great. But. Most of the lights within the environmental systems building would be turned off, and the ride's original soundtrack would be replaced with Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. So much for the horror. Bro, it, <laughs> it absolutely horror wild. Movie to like, doom. Absolute wild. Like, I've watched the POV, and the guy's like, Yo, this is my favorite part. And then you just hear them climbing. Welcome it's like, to the Jungle! <laughs> it's exactly, it was so crazy. And it's sad to say that this ride, the Hollywood version at least, cannot be rode. Like, it's gone in its original form. It is there in its new form, but I'm so sad that it's not there. And honestly, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think this is one of the best scene, like, rides in general. I, I honestly think it's fantastic. Um, I, I think it's just... I... Let it be known that I am a certified Atlantis enjoyer at SeaWorld. I think it's a great ride. Um, I love Infinity Falls. I like water rides. I don't trust them that much because of a lot of the rust, but I love them. But I think Jurassic Park is the best water ride I've ever been on. <laughs> just for the theming and the experience. Is it the most thrilling? Not really. But it's just, you go on that and you can tell that it's just it's just put together so wonderfully. I, someone who was sure that that movie was going to be a hit, and it was. And it absolutely was, and I think I mean it goes to show that their newest ride in Islands of Adventure is the Velocicoaster. It it literally shows that 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 brand had such, it's they had faith staying in staying power. It has staying power beyond belief, and it's insane. And I it, it's I think it's honestly in my top ten. My t I think it's a ride that's in my top ten rides of all time. And to say that, and I think. It's River Adventure, the one here in Florida, is the one that's in my top 10 because it's the one I've gone to read the most. I think it's a near perfect, but I I can't really argue, like, when people go, but this is better. I'm like, but I like dinosaurs. Yeah, it's just, it's, it has the same vibe as the Jurassic Park movie, which 
even the other Jurassic Park movies haven't captured properly. No, and I think the closest they got was in Jurassic World, but it felt like more of a monster movie. Jurassic World, and I've actually had this exact conversation several times because I'm in a lot of you know paleo communities and whatnot. Um, the first maybe three quarters feels like a solid Jurassic Park movie. It feels like the first Jurassic Park movie, and then it just turns into a monster movie. A, a monster movie, like an action, generic action flick. Chris Pratt turns from an actual character to a scowling action hero, and it's and and, and again, even then, like Jurassic Park Two has its own vibe, and it's good, but it's not Jurassic Park. This has the vibe of Jurassic Park, and that it does. is what makes it so awesome, so excellent. It's for people who love the movies, it's like getting to see the movie again, but it's different. It's exactly. like getting to live the movie, which, you know, the whole line of Universal is ride the movies. It was. And I, I think, was, yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I, I do. It still is, but. No, it isn't. I think it's like Adventure Awaits You or something like that, yeah, yeah. which well, is kind of, yeah. It fits, but it's just, it. Jurassic Park the Ride, I think, is the best indicator of ride the movies that is currently at islands of adventure it feels like you are riding the jurassic Park. i would disagree i think the forbidden journey is definitely it, it feels like a harry potter adventure it feels like a harry potter adventure but it doesn't feel like a harry potter movie like it doesn't feel like any particular one of the movies you know jurassic uh, yeah. park the ride feels like jurassic park i think they saw the script and were like we're doing this and basically yes. did that i think and i th Every, it's funny because every – I don't know if it's a direct influence from this ride, but every iteration of Jurassic Park after Jurassic Park 1, aside from the San Diego one from Jurassic Park 2, has had a water ride, which is yeah. very funny to me. They're like, oh, this is great. Jurassic World, we've got kayaks. Yeah, it's – I, I I don't know, man. Like I think yeah. this is just – like it's a perfect ride in ways it that really I can't – like score to audio to just telling everybody the story about the ride is it's perfect and i think we're going on to a different one that i like just as much as the original yeah it's for its own this ways one, this one is like being, we mentioned or like keith mentioned um it's unfortunately jurassic park at universal hollywood was not to last but as uh, as with the phoenix known from Harry Potter, right next door to Jurassic World or Jurassic Park, something always rises from the ashes, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, Hollywood's Jurassic Park: The Ride unfortunately closed in uh, 2018 on September 4th. And I was there. Replaced? You were there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like when it closed, would you go? Yeah. On, go they, on it during the last day. Yeah, it was the last day. It was a weird yeah, it was second to last boat. Um, it was a weird feeling. I will say. It's like the closing of Jaws. I was there for that. Except, you know, at least <laughs> at least Jurassic Park River Adventure is not perma dead. Not for now. Yeah. Uh but it closed in twenty eighteen and would be replaced with Jurassic World the Ride, which opened July twelfth, twenty nineteen, which is Really unfortunate timing because that was like less than a year before COVID. Yeah, <laughs> it really sad timing. Um, I think this ride is a weird case of like we can see what you wanted to do, now do it better. 
when you have time and then they got time. And this time we're we're actually talking about the post twenty like the post update. We're not talking about the update the the non updated version. Um, I personally I think the non updated version is so minute, but I think the updated version really hammers home why this ride needs to be its own thing. Yeah, and I I haven't ridden this, so I am going off of. I have wrote I've ridden it yeah. twice, so I, I can give you feelings and all that. I think we've covered this several times. I have never even been over to that coast. Farthest, farthest west I've been is Colorado. So we'll get you uh, over there one day. One of these days, I got to hit the Monterey Bay Aquarium and San Diego Zoo. But the beginning is very similar from Jurassic World, Jurassic World, and Jurassic Park. You start climbing a lift hill, but already there are changes that fit for the new Jurassic World movies. First, you're greeted by a Mosasaurus skeleton. With a, th- with a sign that says, when dinosaurs ruled the earth. It's funny, because Mosasaurus ain't a dinosaur. But, you know, when dinosaurs ruled the earth, big callback to the first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, and, like, immediately you're struck with, like, not even with the Q videos. The Q videos, I couldn't really find good ones that would, like, be like, you know, this is what's going on in the Q videos. Um, But it's like Claire and, and, and Owen talking about, like, the exhibits and everything. Yeah. A, general same vibes. Um, But... This sign is kind of like your slap in the face. It's Jurassic World font. Like, it's no longer what you knew. It's what's new. Jurassic Park. Exactly, right? <laughs> but once you get on the ride and you get past this most sore skeleton, the audio begins to say, In the age of dinosaurs, a vast ocean was home to an explosion of life. And sat atop the food chain was the Mosasaurus, the apex predator of the deep. You are clear for entry. Upon hearing this, the doors open ahead of you and reveal a new scene with screens flanking both of your sides. And you are looking into the Mosasaur tank. And you see uh, the great white shark get eaten by him and splash water around. Yeah, so... callback scene to the awesome scene of the Mosasaur eating the great white in Jurassic World. I, and, to me, this is such a weird scene because I'm like, wow. This is like... A callback to Jaws and to the old ride. Like, it, it's such a good thing. And, like, I never – like, leading up to the ride, I was like, we know they were putting in the Mosasaur some way. We, we all knew that. And yeah. I was like, wow, what are they going to do? And I honestly think this is a good scene. Um, I'm going to let you finish off this scene before we finish our talk around it. Uh, after you see the shark had eaten, the Mosasaur swims around you in its tank. And her nose butts against the glass, cracking it. Uh, on the screen, and then you get sprayed with water from the crack, which is awesome. Yeah, it, and it's really seamless. Like, the two times I wrote it, it was like, she hit and immediately started spraying you, and it doesn't stop. Like, every row gets sprayed, and it's fantastic. And it's not just, like, one side of the boat. Like, I was on the left and right, so I got to ride both sides, and I got wet from that both times. And it's really just a good scene. I think the Mosasaur is, and it's a great introduction, I think. I think it's sets the stage of like grandeur compared to the other ride but just like before you went under the same cavern and waterfall as they kind of didn't change a lot in this ride but they did change a lot of the audio as you go under you hear in a few seconds we'll be entering herbivore valley where plant-eating dinosaurs roam freely keep an eye out for the parasolophus who likes to splash around in the water, you may even see our new baby Stegosaurus, 
one of the latest additions to our Jurassic World family. The Stego scene and the Parasolophus scenes are largely the same, but at the end of them is where we begin to differ with new audio and the lacking of the compies. In a moment, you will be entering Predator Cove, home to some of the Jurassic World's most powerful creatures. As you enter, you hear, we have, a containment, we have a containment alert. Multiple containment failures. Repeat, multiple system failing. With alarm blaring, we actually enter Predator Cove. The raptor cage is once again ripped open and sparking, but this time there's a new sign for the gyrosphere raptor lookout point and two compies fighting over a hat in front of the crashed gyrosphere. This hat is like a tourist hat, so for a tourist, they kind of got caught. The Predator Cove sign is all scratched up along the wall, and our other side, next to the raptor cage, is the Indominus Rex paddock. This has been broken out of doors hanging in jaw, claw marks, and the asset over that, as you pass that, you hear asset containment unit to Predator Cove. Repeat ACU to Predator Cove, code red. On one side of you, there's screens flashing the Indominus Rex has escaped. Then Claire Deering comes on saying, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claire Deering. Please remain calm. We have assets out of containment and help is on the way. A security team has been deployed. They will get to you safely. I think this scene is fantastic on setting up the finale. It, it, it This is truly a true setup, unlike the original where it immediately just cranked into gear at this point. Yeah, and it, it feels like just the Jurassic World version of the one from the Jurassic Park ride. It feels like they just updated it to work with the times. At least, yeah. You know, from what I've seen. Um, yeah. I will say, I do feel bad because I've stuck you with the Parasaurolophus like six times. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the change is nice and it keeps some of the old animatronics and it just feels like a good mix of new and old at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, And the audio kind of feels a little stiff sometimes to me whenever I listen to a video or, or remember my my experience of the ride. But yeah, it it's it's fine. Yeah, that tends to be a problem with Jurassic World as a series more than Jurassic Park, I think. It's just the audio is a bit stiff and or the dialogue's a bit stiff and not as interesting and cause Jurassic Park was a it's very much a dark comedy. It's funny as hell. It can be, yeah. Yeah, and then Jurassic World at most, has Marvel humor. Yeah. Um, either way, once you get uh, get to placed to safety, quote-unquote, or attempted to by the security team, you hear more audio from the one and only Chris Pratt. You hear, This is Owen Grady. The Indominus Rex has escaped. Please remain in the boat and stay calm. Asset controlled units are on their way. And you hear that as you enter a broken cage. Uh, and just after seeing Claire, a video of her, you know, blah, blah, blah. There is a hole in the wall, and inside that is... And it, bleh. There's a hole in the wall, and inside that is the head of the Indominus Rex, who snarls and roars as you begin to climb that lift hill. Now you see Owen, again, Chris Pratt. Not a body double, actually Chris Pratt, like in the, uh, the queue of the Harry Potter ride. He appears on multiple screens as you begin climbing uh, the lift hill, telling you to keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle. Both practical advice for a Jurassic World scenario and 
probably smart for a water ride. Uh, all movements will set these animals off. As you get to the top of the lift hill, take a small plunge, again, the exact same small dip, into Tyrannosaurus Rex Kingdom. But before you do, a raptor slides down like in Jurassic Park, the ride, and it's trying to get you. Upon splashing down, you see a large tree and rock work, and then there's another Dilophosaurus ambush spraying you with water. Do not expect to not get wet on this ride. Uh, you hear movement above you, and the Indominus Rex crashes down from the ceiling, just like Rexy in the Jurassic Park ride. I think it's the exact same animatronic who just changed the skin. Probably. Um, but you narrowly escape her, and then you get ambushed by that one trademark Dilophosaurus who sprays you out of the shadows. Uh, and then near that comes Blue, the iconic raptor from Jurassic World, who growls as you take the turn and see the Indominus Rex full side view lumbering towards you. And as she goes to bite down on you, Rexy roars, comes down from the darkness, and plunge down the 85-foot drop, that one iconic drop. Though, unfortunately, they don't have the one that... I guess that's the second. It's actually the Dilo and the bar. It's the yeah. the third, I think. Third, second scene, third ambush. They do not have the third ambush Dilo or the Barbasol can, which makes sense. I doubt they'd have the Barbasol can after Jurassic World, but especially you know if you watch Camp Cretaceous, you know exactly where that thing is. Yeah, I. I think this finale is fantastic. I think it's honestly it beats ours. It beats the old Jurassic Park the rides. It truthfully is one of the most impressive rides, flat out amazing. I love it. It's the Indominus Rex in blue moves slow so fluidly that it's insane. Like I don't get how they have something this massive. And it could be forced perspective, but I don't think it is. I think these things are just massive, and they're moving so fluidly. And again, once again, Rexy comes out to save you. Um, I, I don't feel that. I feel like she's coming to eat me still. Yeah, it's that's that's my problem with um, Jurassic World as a franchise is they turn the Rex into like this hero character when she she's an, an animal. Exactly. <laughs> But the ride did not open with Blue and the big Indominus Rex moving as fluidly as they do now. After the closure in 2020 via COVID, they were able to work on it and get what they originally planned there. They, I think this, as I said, drastically improved the ride. While it really made a small change, it made the finale feel complete to me. And again, I think that is, as I said when we started this, this is exactly what the ride needed. This ride, I think, is... What I don't want in Orlando, but what I like. Yeah. And I'm happy it's there. Um, really small fun fact on Jurassic World Ride. Um, the Mosasaur scene is time-dependent, so within day or night, the projections will look like you're either dark or at night via the water and everything, or brighter during the day, which I think is just a nice little touch for immersion, so you're not walking into this tunnel and you're seeing blinding white water blue light stuff it helps with the immersion exactly and um what are your real thoughts on the ride once again i have not had the fortune of riding this ride but 
just from the look, as a whole, I like the Jurassic Park aesthetic more than the Jurassic World, but as a whole, it just looks dope, you know? It looks really cool, Um, really capturing the Jurassic World style. You get to see the Mosasaur, which was... Mosasaur is one of my favorite extinct reptiles, so leading up to Jurassic World and even seeing the, the leaked early screenplays back in, like, 2013, 2012... I was always hyped to see the Mosasaur, so seeing more of it is just awesome. Yeah, I... uh, especially that whole sequence. It's the 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 geography to consider of that is mind-boggling. How you taking a water ride through the tank, but it's so cool, man. It it's so impressive how they changed over so fast and made the ride. I don't think it's better. I don't think it's worse. I think it's literally it feels equal. different. It yeah. just feels different, and it's great. And honestly, if I were to rank them, it would still be Jurassic Park River Adventure, Jurassic Park The Ride, and then Jurassic World. But that's because I like the Stinger more than anything. Like, honestly, I'd probably actually put Jurassic Park before Jurassic World or Jurassic uh, before River Adventure purely for the Stinger Dilo. I love that idea. It's so good. It's out um, of nowhere. But yeah, I, I mean, like, this ride is so good, and like... I hope we one day get to go over to California together and we get to ride Jurassic World the Ride so I get to see you experience the finale for the first time yeah. and watch <laughs> just, that big-ass IRX come at you. I just always feel bad with the dinosaur stuff because I always nerd out real hard, so <laughs> be careful of that. Be warned. Oh, I don't care. I'm completely okay. <laughs> um, and It's insane that, like, these two rides three in a way really solidified like a part of what i like in theme parks and their next ride overview we're going to talk about is one ride that really like i think solidified why i love theme parks well these solidified in my adulthood why i like dark rides yeah that solidified why i love theme parks and um honestly like i just generally these rides are fantastic i i don't know what else to say about them um they speak for themselves. They're almost some of the best rides I think ever made in a way. And with that, I think it leads us to the outro, the the time to get out of here. Time to um, get out of here. I think uh I think I'm gonna go watch Jurassic Park now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have played to... Prehistoric Kingdom or something. I I sounds like fun. I'm gonna go <laughs> play some marvel snap and probably cry a losing rank i'm so close to infinite <laughs> it's not even funny um but you can catch us wherever you find your podcast if you are listening to us um obviously you found us somewhere but if you want to tell a friend and they don't use spotify we're on apple and all that now um so check us out wherever you can find your podcast and um i think it's time to catch you guys later Hasta luego. <laughs>